Good day, good evening, good night, good afternoon, and good morning. And welcome to another exciting episode of The Black Cauldron. I hope you enjoyed our 13-minute episode of Real Tennis Fan, of covering the French Open. I know we... <laughs> it was exciting for us. But don't worry, in the near future, I promise there will be another episode. There will be a follow-up episode. Well, not a follow-up episode, but we will be bringing you tennis and not with this wonderful Black Cauldron, bringing you all the Harry Potter stuff. And ladies, let me just say, you know, like, before I was saying, you know, like, I don't want to go to wherever this place is, but I'm thinking I might have to change my mind. I think I want to go wherever this magical English place <laughs> I'm ready to fight Death Eaters because, you know, that will seem to make much more sense than the one that I have here. I feel like many ways i feel like you have to have a phd to make some kind of sense of this crazy world like this world is you know like theory and madness and mayhem but let us not digress so we had a sort of an absence but we're back here with you this is our 24th episode lady <laughs> our 24th episode just so you know so i mean we started this as a pandemic quarantine project and look like we're still People pretend that we're not in, but we know they're going to have to. Some states are going to have to buck up and be like, shit. <laughs> we, we will put up literal fences to stop you crazy people from coming in. Ugh. Now we know why Now we know why we need a wall. <laughs> ah! The wall is in the wrong place, though. Because Mexico is in the wrong damn place. The wall ah! is in the wrong place. Um, we need a wall around the White House. Just put it, just cover from even the top. Just put a wall over that. No one can come out. Just leave them in there. <laughs> but let me, if I go any further, let me introduce my co-hostesses with the mostesses. We have Janina. Well, no, I don't introduce you first, never. Why would I? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> oh, this mofo started to say my name and just shut it down. That's just madness. <laughs> Why introduce you first? You know okay. what I mean? Okay, okay. We have Professor Deb. How are you doing, Deb? <laughs> I'm doing okay, doing okay. Just you know, it's been what I've been a rough week. We're just trying to maintain here. Yes, yes, we did our bit. We did what we can do. We did our bit. I mean, and you know, this this program will be nothing if I don't shit on the audio engineer Janina from Fire and Ohio. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm playing at. You know what I mean? Like this arrogance that I'm having here, pretending that you know. I could just mount off the, the, the engineer. Next thing you know, I just go silent. Um, um, hold a second. We definitely have radio silence. Oh, uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Did you just receive some breaking news that distracted yeah, you? Yeah, actually, um, that some random, you know, COVID news, whatever. My friend is traveling from Italy. And she's supposed to have a um, a letter saying, you know, she can travel. She had a negative COVID test, but you can't take it three days, more than three days before. But she took the test. They didn't give her the results. I said, girl, get on that plane. No one's going to send you back home. They're not going to send you back to Italy. They're just not. In fact, Italy will be shut down by the time you're in the air. So <laughs> they won't even let you back. <laughs> just run. Just, just just, get as far as you can get to it till someone so you cannot get going further. So she's at her final destination. And she said, may the Lord be with me as I go there without the email to say that I am negative. But oh my God. she had to get a negative test in order to get on the plane um, itself. Like, you know, but one of those rapid tests at the airport. But the country... 
final destination say we know accept that no 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 we want a real <laughs> you know what i mean like we want a long form test so um i said girl they're gonna put you in quarantine anyway so you're good you'll be all right but <laughs> you Dr. Reels has spoken. I mean, I just had to be practical because listen to me, you don't know how stressful this is, you know, that that process has been for her. And I just mean like, let's be practical. Once you get out of Italy, you're fine. You're in England. And she's like, you're right. I'm halfway there. I said, okay. So we got to England. Just get on the plane to go where you need to go to next. And they cannot send you back home. They can't send you where you came from. Like, who's going to pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know. You just have to be practical about these things, you know, like, you know, if it's one thing I have to say about COVID I have learned is that worry about the things that you can literally worry about. You know what I mean? Like, you can't worry about the amount of people running around being crazy because you can't stop them, right? Just worry about keeping that many crazy hordes from around you. <laughs> and you know what I mean? That much is in your control. But anyway... Janine, I will cut this part out anyway, so that's wonderful. Oh, I'm so not back- cutting it out. I'm going to leave your <laughs> rambling ass in there. You better believe that. <laughs> okay. So to the world of Harry Potter. Could you revenge. Believe- <laughs> <laughs> could you believe we're talking about a crazy pandemic that has shut down the wall and it's not make-believe? That's- we're going right. into the magical world now. We're going in. That's right. So. In our last episode, we are in Janina's doing a driving Miss Daisy through book seven and book six. <laughs> we are at the part where Harry just had his birthday and he had the will of Albus Dumbledore. And again, if we didn't realize this as we're reading the book, the book is being very heavy handed in pointing us to Albus Dumbledore as being a person of interest that we have overlooked. You know, there is a figure who we've seen all the time everywhere. In fact, he's one of the He's one of the most stereotypical magical figure that we saw, right? He right. came in like with such theatrical flair, right? Popping lights out of um, um, street lamps, which I thought was kind of silly, but whatever. But you know, I mean, he looked apart, you know, I mean, he sounded apart, he was dispelling wisdom. And here you are seeing him in very, very mundane, human like things, you know, I mean, like he was a soul, we were told to consider his youth. By um, what's that woman's name? The Rita Skeeter. Rita I was gonna think Dolores Umbridge, but they're one and the same thing. <laughs> they're just evil, obnoxious women. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and we get a will that he literally. I mean, like he died, and I didn't even think, oh yes, he might have a will. That's true. Well, clearly Sirius had a will. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. why, why won't Dumbledore had a will? <laughs> But the will was not that that the will, having a will is not necessarily unusual because we had seen a will before. But what um, Rufus Scrimgeour points out was that Dumbledore handed, gifted three students, three students, the, the only three students, he gifted them something. And according to Rufus Scrimgeour, this man has taught everybody. And you're the only one. He <laughs> picked your ass. That's exactly. what he really wanted to say. So exactly that, you know, this, this was unusual beyond thing because everything else has basically been left to the school itself. And we are given objects that we ourselves are like, what? Like a, a book, a deluminator and a snitch. Like, OK, we know how J.K. Rowling rolls, right? Like, you know, like she's going to this going to mean some significance later on. But we have no clue. Like, OK, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because. We have to plow on to whatever new uh, heights. And 
we move into the wedding and Bill and Fleur gets married. I don't know why we're having a wedding at this crazy time, but okay, we're having a wedding. Dorina, but I think I, I think that um, you know, it's one of the things that we've learned from um, this experience that we're going through right now is this the whole idea of normalcy and doing some things that bring people joy or that 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 can bring some levity into people's lives. It, it has even more importance when mm -hmm. you are facing such danger and death. So I think that kind of that that makes sense for why they would be having the wedding mm -hmm. um, when they because they're you know you're right on the verge, and I think that's you know obviously um, Harry's parents got married um, themselves in a Voldemort war, <clears throat> so this this is. You know, this is something that happens in the in the wizarding world. You know, Deb, I I love that you say that because it just points out to something that I think because this is a hypothetical situation within the book, but we are dealing with a real situation in our life, right? People are mm -hmm. trying to have they're trick or treating right now, and I want to scream at these people as I was outside. <laughs> Go home, take your little rug rat, and stay in your house. You are mm -hmm. literally going from house to house, collecting right. God knows what. You're literally exactly. collecting so much. You're what not going no to door to say hello. We have some normalcy. <laughs> you're literally going to take something from someone, and you're going to take this thing and stuff it in your face. Right? <laughs> I mean, and it's Snickers, too. I mean, I ain't doing all of that. For, I ain't getting COVID for American candy. Just not. But what I thought is very important, interesting that you say here is that we... And the parallel that I've noticed here in our real life is that we're striving for some normalcy, and that sounds really nice, and it sounds very a valid point. But we are striving for some sense of normalcy instead, so that we don't have to confront the real problem and yeah. deal with the real problem. Yeah. Because this is what is happening in our real life. We're not acknowledging how big and wide and massive this COVID pandemic is, and how it's going to, how it's supposed to limit our life, and how what we in order to address this situation is that we have to change our behavior like in many ways in which we behave it's going to sh literally shake the foundation of our capitalist structure like everything it's not just me just staying home and being safe i need food right <laughs> i need to right. eat so there has to be some sort of economic some sort of like something has to be going on that's a system needs to be in place and if we look on the flip side within the harry potter english world that's happening where Voldemort is running rampant. It requires them to fundamentally change the way in which they have behaving. They have to not no longer hide. They have to be proactive. They have to be offensive. They have to have some kind of strategy. And if it's one thing we've noticed throughout these books is that the magical world has had no strategy to deal with Voldemort. The right. only person who had some strategy is now dead. And when he provided you with some strategy, you people ignored him. So we, we know he had to entrust it, and we don't even know how good this plan is at this point, really. And in fact, the plan really wasn't that good, if we if we really take stock of it, right? It, it, in theory, the plan sounded really good, but in practicality, the plan was, was madness, right? Did so much luck and chance basically came into it. He's entrusted this task to three children and hoping to hope that somehow this would all, you know, work itself out. But so that's why when I hear people talk about, you know, striving for some sense of normalcy 
not i agree okay i get it in some small way but we we, we can't go back we can't do normal on a big scale this no this this can't because the, literally what that wedding really did is that it put so many valuable people in one place right one place you know you had the whole order of the phoenix gang number one i call it in this new regime right like you literally this is like me having the fbi uh, we have the whole cartel, similar like cartel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's go have a wedding. And I mean, and they do do this. But let me tell you something. Whenever the cartel have a wedding, according to TV, there is security 15 miles out. Okay? No one's getting in and getting out unless you know. So I always, I always, for me, this wedding would just seem like, yeah, I get it. Y'all are trying to say you have some sense of normalcy, but it's like, it's man, it's crazy, particularly since, you know, the wedding gets disrupted, you know, but just to begin a little bit ahead of ourselves. But I think the most significant part of the wedding is meeting Aunt Muriel for the first time, right? Because we've never, we've heard of her, but we've, we've never met her. her. Yeah. And she is a hundred and something years old and she's being that busybody, you know, infamous auntie. I mean, she's quite different from the auntie that we saw, Aunt Marge. Right, who got blown <laughs> up. Well, in a way. <laughs> but in a way, she's the same thing, right? Because Aunt Muriel's mouth is blowing up. That's why this yes. happened here. Aunt Marge's mouth body blew up, but Aunt Marge's mouth is just, Aunt Muriel's mouth is just going at 15 miles a minute. And we meet the infamous Elpheus Doge again. And, you know, Elpheus Doge is in a um, fight for retaining the integrity of. Dumbledore, because as we can see, Rita Skeeter's article really had some punch to it. That we read it, you know, as a reader, and we're just like, whatever. But realize that if Aunt, if Aunt Muriel has this kind of a feeling about this matter, and she knew Dumbledore to a certain extent rather well, um, it's even, you can imagine the magical community on a whole. And we will get some evidence of this later on when I think. Ron mentions about how Dumbledore is being received in the magical community now because of Rita's book and the article. So, ladies, what did you think of Aunt Muriel? How did you feel <laughs> when you met Aunt Muriel? <laughs> well, I, I, I thought Aunt Muriel, it, it's really interesting because I think one of the things that her her position in the storytelling as it un it, it shows you the whole idea of how a narrative gets overturned. You know what I mean? I mean, I think, I mean, she's right. part of that, that whole process. We talked about, you know, Rita Skeeter, but, you know, you have on the one hand, as you said, you know, the, at the offset, you know, we all thought we knew Dumbledore. I mean, Dumbledore was presented to readers and presented to those following the, the, the uh, events of the magical world as one thing. And now we see this process of um, kind of bring, people would say bringing in new information or, or people who maybe there, was th there were things out there that people were reluctant to even talk about. Um, and so now that he's gone, people are spilling all the tea. So I think that she is a part of that whole process of changing that narrative about who Dumbledore is, and, and as a reader, putting some doubt in your mind, or well, not doubt, but some question in your mind is like, oh, maybe I didn't know Dumbledore as well as I thought I did. Right. right. And, and, and it also, 
but it also points to the fact that even if you don't believe what she's saying, it lets you know that there's a lot that you don't know. There's a lot of questions that you never right. even you never even realized you didn't ask. Well, Harry asked the question. I knew I asked it. It's like, wait, Dumbledore was from Godric Hollow? And right. all those sort of things. And I think this is where I think at Muriel, as you point out, um, Deb, that she is not only she's overturning the narrative, she's making sure that we are aware that this narrative is something we need to think about. That this isn't an accident. Rita Skeeter's bit in the newspaper wasn't some random thing that, you know, that we, the reader, will have to, we will have to confront this situation. Because when Dumbledore fell over the, the, the rampart, we just thought, okay, whatever, you know, Dumbledore is dead. But it's just like, oh no, this dead has massive repercussion. Right. And you're right, we don't know Dumbledore, but also we have lots of questions for Dumbledore now. It's it, Because it's one thing to say, well, I didn't know this person pretty well, right? And then mm -hmm. you just move on. Right. But what is what, what Rowling is making sure we are saying is just like, uh-uh, we are old answers. We have we now have questions for you, and we are old answers. And that we this is something we have to consider. But notice she doesn't push Dumbledore. We, I, at least I never got the impression that Dumbledore has turned into this evil man. But I think what she's making sure is that Dumbledore has turned into a man, at least at the very end of it. Because we've always attributed Dumbledore to just this magnificent, you know what I mean? Like this very. Yes. I know. I, I, yeah, I think she's she's added some more complexity to, to because we we not only did we think we we knew we know Dumbledore, but it was pretty much a flat um, rendering. It was all heroic, a kind of eccentric, right. um, um, you know, hero, eccentric, all wise, all knowing. Um, you know, knew all the right things to say. You know, it was just everything on it was the ledger was very much all one sided in a lot of ways. We did not see a more human side of of Dumbledore as someone with complexity. I mean, he would say things from time to time, like you know, I you know, I did I put you in too much danger, or but even those things, it was almost like I loved you too much, you know, that kind of thing. It was always on the positive side of the ledger, whereas now. You know, we're seeing a, a, a character with some shades of gray and with, like you said, with some areas that we need answers so that we can make a better assessment of who he really was. Um, funny, as you were saying that I was thinking about how we actually did see this and we just ignored it because we were, we were all up in our own feelings. We were being hairy. We saw this in book five. Dumbledore was crying at the end of that conversation. Yes. And Dumbledore spoke about how he had done wrong. And this was never the Merlin type, right? Merlin never admits right. his mistakes, right? Merlin just right. blames the people in front of him and blames humans. And, you know, like, oh, that's how powerful wizards do, you know, like, I was wrong to consider it. It's, it's, it's almost kind of like, though I don't think it's the analogous course. It's, it's probably, it's what God does, right? It's what, it's what mm -hmm. gods do, right? Like, you know, right. humans error and they blame humans. It's never the thing that they have set in motion. And in Charlotte, there being any religion in Harry Potter, Dumbledore is somewhat of a standing figure. He's not godlike, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's expected yeah. to have the answers. He's, he, he's who they look to. He is their savior, right? We saw this in book four. We saw this in book three, actually, because it's Dumbledore who 
gives the inspiration for the savior. It's Dumbledore. Actually, Dumbledore has been the savior, right? Mm -hmm. In book yeah. one, he saved Harry. Book two, Fox. Book three, he saved Sirius. Book four, he comes and saves him from thing. Book five, Dumbledore again is the savior. And book six, Dumbledore may be half the savior, but there will be no more saving for Harry. Right. You know there what, though? I, I think I've said this before, but I was prepared to find out that maybe people were wrong about Dumbledore at this point. When you start hearing these things, you know, you figure it's probably not all true because, A, it's Rita Skeeter and we know what she's all about. But when Auntie Muriel starts talking, even though she's seems like she's getting a lot of her information from um, Rita, but when she talks about how... <clears throat> um, the sister and you know we didn't see her maybe she was a squib and you know my family member worked at saint mungo's and she was never treated there and that's really odd and she starts planting all these seeds this isn't the first time that i've wondered like maybe maybe dumbledore's not perfect maybe there is some kind of shady past to him or and i it, because it just seemed odd that he would do everything right all the time, even though we know everything's not right. You know, he makes mistakes, like like you just said, and he even admits those. But maybe there's just something about him that's a little bit dark. I was ready to find that out, and I thought that maybe we might. I don't know if I thought that. I don't think I thought about him being dark per se. But I felt that that moment when Harry was just like, wait a minute, he's from Godric Hollow too? He didn't tell me. That and was in weird. Fact, we that didn't know. Weird. The, the, the was... interesting thing was just that we didn't even realize that um, Aberforth was his brother. Like, well, why we, would we? But we, we've seen Aberforth. He calls Aberforth Tom of the um, the barman. No, Tom is in the no, Tom is in the, in the leaky cauldron. In the leaky cauldron. But we've been to Aberforth's, um Yeah. We've been there many times. And it's clear that they had some sort of relationship because we find out that, you know, about the mirror. And, that, you know, that, that's where the information would pass. That's how Harry, you know. So we didn't even know this bit. I, I, I didn't even think, I mean, in many cases, I didn't even think Dumbledore, I didn't even think about parents or anything. You know what I mean? You just almost thought Dumbledore, Dumbledore just sprung out like Athena from the loose. You just like, fully formed you know what i mean we, we have to consider youth but that was the part that shocked me the most that he didn't mention anything about godric because i think we talked about the fact that no one ever said to harry do you want to see where your parents are buried and right. that always struck me as like why not because particularly since so much of his life harry isn't harry is by no means in many of these books, right, children, the chosen one is born, the chosen one, right? Yes. But in this case, Harry wasn't born the chosen one. He was created as the chosen he was, one, right? He was chosen. He was, he was he made was the literally... chosen one by the enemy. Exactly. Right. He was literally the chosen one. And this is after the fact, right? That's right. And after he, after he's, al he's already a, a person. A but person. It's interesting to me because, you know, Reels, you said this once when we talked about this a little bit um, before. I thought, well, maybe he didn't tell him that he was from. I thought two things. Maybe he didn't, nobody ever said, Harry, don't you want to see where your parents are buried? 
Um, or where, don't you want to see the, the town you came from? Maybe because they, they figured it was such a painful experience. You know, people have this idea of protecting young people, even though that's crazy. We, we, give, them, we give them these terrible tasks to perform. You must save the universe, but, you, but we must protect you from seeing where your parents are. Buried. Right. I mean, those I'm are the kind of, Right. We are capable, adults are capable of holding those two diametrically opposed ideas in their heads. And the other thing I thought about Dumbledore was, you know, as we find out what has what happened to his family in Godric's Hollow, that maybe it was just too painful for him to bring it up, even though it would have been a point of commonality between the two of them, um, that Godric Hollow has so many bad memories for him. Um, unlike Harry, who right. probably can't and those memories we don't what know. Happened. In Godric Hollow, Dumbledore can definitely remember what happened. And also, yeah. he, he has his own sets of bad memories from Godric Hollow as well. Remember, right? he acted when he drank the potion. And that was those right. memories. Yeah, we did those see that. Memories. Yeah, that he, that he, so obviously, these memories are not, they're not like something, oh, that happened a long time ago. I don't even think about it anymore. It's still very much on the surface and very much a, um, one of the reasons, one of the things that, that guides him and that propels him to do what he does, he's still trying to atone for that and for all of the things that were a part of that. Because he does say that subsequently, right? He does yeah. say that that moment set him on a path that he knew he couldn't grab hold of power in that, in such right. a bombastic, you know, flashy way. And it's true that he and his brother never go back to Godric. Well, then they never go back. But they both leave Godric Hollow. Right. And interestingly enough, they're very close to each other, but everyone thinks they're so far apart. Because Hogsmeade is not just a stone's throw away from yeah. Hogwarts. And yeah, Dumbledore lives at Hogwarts. They probably they probably have a a lot of conversations that nobody even knows about. Right. 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 Um but I just thought that, you know, the, the, why I had asked about that, and, and we didn't know that until this book, the end of this right. book, right? But I just thought it was it seemed so much of Harry's being, right? The, the lore about Harry Potter is connected to his parents, right? It right. wasn't that he, Harry was someplace else and his parents were killed, right? In a car accident, right? Maybe that may have been easier for them to have him see this person. But see the gravesite and whatever the case may be. And particularly since the place was a shrine to right. the magical community. Yeah, exactly. The, the magical community was going there and moaning these people. And Harry never got that moment. Well, as far as we've seen somewhat way. I just thought it was really odd. I was just like, wow. And no one ever asked that either. No one ever said, did you go back to... Because, because you live there. You don't remember, but you live there. Well, you know, so it was, it was very... Um, Ooh, and when he released that moment, oh my God, I don't know how that child is still standing. I mean, I think he's an asshole, but ooh, the things that he has had to bear <laughs> witness to, it, it's tremendous. But yeah, I, I, and I think you're right about that. I think, but I do think that um, people are capable of uh, whispering about somebody, but never really confronting the fact that, oh, this kid has never been back to see where his parents, you know, where people really revere his parents. <laughs> And, re and really hold them in high esteem because, you know, they were responsible. The last per the last people right. who dealt with 
Dumbledore, I mean, dealt with Voldemort were his parents. And, um, but nobody is going to say, don't you want to see it? Yeah. Just save us from Voldemort again, but you don't, but don't, don't right. have to worry about seeing that. Because the world believed that they fought Voldemort. Right. That was the impression, right? That there was an actually battle between all three of them. Two right. of them. The three Two of them, them battled. That they and Dumbledore and Voldemort battled. But as we saw, this was this was a, this was murder. This I was mean, murder. And it just <laughs> it just happened that Harry, thanks to the Lily's old magic, survived it. I mean, Dumbledore, Voldemort walked through that place like he was just rushing through the grocery store and knocked over two cans of exactly. You know what I mean? It's like totally, totally with no remorse, no problem. You know, the whole nine yards. Yeah. But you know, let's not get too bogged down here because you know Janina might be you know having us on that thing. But who knows? Since we haven't been together (laughs) here for a while, she might let us have a three and a half half hour podcast. You (laughs) wish. (laughs) But anyway, so Muriel, so so you know we we have this whole thing and we have Elpheus Doge, and now all of a sudden we are left with the impression that Elpheus Doge is basically is basically Dumbledore. He was. He's almost like a Peter Pettigrew in a sort of a way, right? That's the yeah. impression that, that Muriel wants to give. Like you were just sucking up to um, Dumbledore because he was smarter. And you've already admitted to us in a way that, you know, you had dragon pox. So you were always, you know, the runt, you know, that Dumbledore took a shining on you. And therefore you are repaying him in kindness in debt. But, you're not, but, but you know that there were things going on. And sometimes I wonder the way in which Elpheus Doge is adamant and he's in near tears of trying to fight for the honor of Dumbledore, whether there wasn't something more to that relationship. I'm just saying. But, but you know saying. what? And, and I, I certainly, you, you certainly can put it out there as a possibility. But I think that it was obvious that um, obviously Dumbledore wasn't as, as pure as the driven snow as Doge was presenting him, nor was he a villain the way Rita Skeeter and Muriel's presenting him because they're both right. are right, actually. Yeah, I in think I think the real Dumbledore is somewhere in between those presentations. Right, and I, I think I think I, I Doge I think is holding on to more information than I think he wants to provide. Yes, yes. but we, we we are well aware that Dumbledore is a master liar. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, it is a thing I that we that never concede. Master liar. But I also think that we don't think about that until until Aberforth mentions it, right? And then we're like, right, that Aberforth mentions it in a way which is even Aberforth mentions the lineage, right? Aberforth says, we learned this at our mother's knee, right? Right. And we would see that statement again where um, Bellatrix says, I've learned tricks and spells. You know what I mean? We've learned, you know, so there is this sort of a um, impression in some ways where information and skills and magic and information is passing down, like, directly, right? This is how you do this. Not like mere observation. This is how you lie skillfully. This mm-hmm. is how you get something. You know what I mean? Harry is learning much of his skills by osmosis. But these people... Because they trick Harry. And it's very hard to get shit by Harry, right? Because Dumbledore has smoothly 
you know, got around this thing that because I knew I would have never been in double those office and I would have been asking so many questions. I just know I would have been asking questions even when I'm in trouble. I'd have been like, so I just know me. Tell <laughs> and, me about. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be asking always personal questions, but I would have asked at some point, where are you from? Particularly after like the many encounters that they've had. You know what I mean? Like, even, like, after book, well, but then again, most of these, but you see, we always get tricked, right? And Dumbledore is being most effective because Dumbledore has never tried to have this conversation with Harry at the beginning of the school year. It's always an emotional heightened moment, and he cuts it off. And he told Harry this in book five. You came very close to asking me this question in book two. You came very close, very near, but you didn't. And I let it go. And, you know, so... Because Dumbledore is still operating from that uh, that process of, well, as Harry gets older and more sore of himself and more skilled, I will keep, I will give him more and more information. But the events outrun... Right. The the events outrun that, that timeline that Dumbledore has in his mind. So that, you know, things that he should have, Harry's going to need, he's not getting them at the time that he needs them. Well, because the, this idea, well, I'm going to tell him that when he's older and better able to handle it, and then the events blow up, and he finds himself without the information that he needs. As, or as Dumbledore says, you know, mate, it's, um, I care too much about you. Right. I couldn't add that burden to the burden that you were currently dealing with at the time. Exactly. exactly. It was too much. So, you know, so all delicious details that we, we hope or we know to come to some resolution at the end. You know, one of those. So we have two storylines that we're wondering about. Snape, you know right. what I mean? Because Dumbledore. we saw him at the beginning of the book. And Janine is just like, what is this motherfucker up to? What is this man up to? Maybe the evil, okay? And we know we, as if we didn't have enough drama in our heads to deal with, right? What about Severus Snape? Then we're like, wait a minute, Dumbledore. We got to deal with Dumbledore too. It's just like, what other surprises does J.K. Rowling have in our bag of tricks for us, you know? And, and, And while we're pondering this, you know, and they're having a wedding, you know, and, and, you know, we talked a little bit about the fact that they were having this wedding, but, you know, I think they thought they had put some, um, some security measures, you know, they had Harry in disguise, they had put it out there that, um, you know, they had a, a cousin, that Ron was somewhere else, I mean, you know, that he had uh, some kind of disease, so they they've tried to put some things out there to throw the Death Eaters but, off but, the scent. But, but here's the crazy thing about... You see, this is how I know someone's going to write this book properly. Because Ron is supposed to have Spadagroy, but there he is at the wedding, fully right. normal. Right? He's going to get it afterwards. He's going to get Spadagroy immediately. Oh, yeah, no, true. they searched the house but, immediately. I mean, that's the but first But the plan time. was when he didn't go back to school they and they come looking for him, he was going to have Spadagroit. So but they, they were just they getting... That's okay. That's okay that that happened. But, that yeah, but, I think, but they do have Harry in disguise. And he's supposed to be some long-lost relative or distant no, relative. 
Because and Luna can... says hi, Harry. And, and Muriel got and Muriel got some kind of comment about that, right? Right. It's like these weasleys breeding like rabbits. Exactly. <laughs> oh, where's Harry Potter? Mm, maybe you're not as good of friends as you said. <laughs> She's always gonna find the negative. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I know this woman. I know that. I actually. I know oh, I women do. like this woman. <laughs> I do too. But it, I they're think, not you know, easy. And then as they're having this, and you know everybody's dealing with the wedding. They find out the ministry has fallen. Oh, and before we even get to that minute, we get a little nugget. We get right. a couple name Grendelval because we see Victor Crumb, oh, right. the child molester, right. Right. mentions this <laughs> issue with um with uh, Luna's father. With Luna's father, Xenophilia. Yeah, Deathly Hallows. I mean, could you? Yes. I mean, no. When you see Xenophilia's love, good. Not to. I don't want to say it, but it's just like Luna, girl. I don't know. I mean. This is just you and your daddy. It's just y'all are made for each other, but I don't know. Like y'all are on some different level, but it's very yeah, clear. Luna that, is very intelligent. And, and, and Victor, <laughs> Victor really has an issue with with the the symbol, right? With the symbol, and that's what kind of brings it to their attention. So, and and because the symbol was in the book, well, that, they don't. Well, well, they don't make that connection. They don't make the connection yet, but that symbol, that's when we see that the symbol, we right. know that the symbol has some significance. So it's significance, because and we, we get something connected again to Dumbledore's path, right? Grindelwald. Right. And right. this being at the Durmstrang, and Grindelwald was at Durmstrang. And that we have some concrete evidence of Grindelwald's um, evil uh, ways in the past. Because Victor right. Crumb states he killed my grandfather. Mm-hmm. So here we have another one of those situations where these lost boys type coming up, showing up, right? Or at least Victor's father had some issues, and uh, I've never seen Victor with anybody. Like you know what I mean? Kakarov, but Kakarov is dead. We know. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> that Victor just seems to be generally, even when he was on the national team in Bulgaria, he just seemed to be off. But it, it's very odd that. Um, I got the impression that um, Domstrang is in Russia somewhere, or Siberia, because it has to be like, it's in the mountain, it's very cold, you know. Um, but Bulgaria doesn't have its own magical school, but England has its own, ma- British, Great Britain has its own magical school, America has its own magical school, France has one, but apparently the continental Europe shares schools that they have to, people have to go abroad for school. And it somewhat speaks to very, um, I guess, under implies about the dwindling numbers of magical people around the world. That it seemed to be very small. It's not a large population as you would, as you know, as we would think that you know every country can have a school somewhat. Um, Dumstrang and Bobaton sounds more international as opposed to England. Um, Hogwarts, which is very British, because I think they refer to the the English. That's what um, what's her name? <laughs> yeah, Flora uh, talked about the English has a way, and it's like oh, of you and Victor said the same thing. You British people think, you know, Ollivander is like the best wand maker, <laughs> you know, and then they they um, favor Gogorovich. and we, we, names that we've heard before are got are popping up in this re- very random moment. And yeah. then as we're oh, trying we to know consider, nothing is random, right? Exactly. But that, as we 
exactly. we can't even consider any of that because you know, guess what? The ministry is fallen, <laughs> and you know, Kingsley yeah. comes in as a lynx. You know what I mean? Comes in and says the ministry is fallen. Everyone is screaming hell to pelta, and right. everything. That's confusion. This confusion, which is again the same confusion when they say every seven Harry Potter shows up, right? It's just, and who's ready? Who's ready for all of it? Hermione. Hermione. Hermione, Hermione, Hermione is someone who is always has a plan. She always has a plan. And I think, you know, Hermione is like, hey, I've been in all of these books, six books, six years, and some hell breaks loose all the time. <laughs> and so, and most of the time, I've got to think my way out of it. Now I'm going to plan my way out of it. Yep. I'm not only going to think my way out of it, I'm going to actually put some plan in effect. So and she's been working on this for a minute. She's been, you know, and you know what? I, I, I think there was a hole here. And I, I can't believe we haven't talked about it, actually. So Hermione, when... When Ron shows Harry that the ghoul is going to pretend to be him and they, you know, in that moment when Harry's like, oh, my gosh, they're doing all this stuff. You don't have to go. Hermione has her little breakdown. Right. And she's like, listen, this is what I did to my parents. And then. So we know that she has placed a memory charm on them and. They don't remember her and they're going to go live off in Australia and be be happy in case she never comes back. So then the, the ministry falls. They take off and they have their moment in the cafe where they have to modify memories. And she says, I've never done it, but I know the theory. Did y'all catch that? Am I... That really bothers me. There have not been mistakes that big. That's a big one. Yeah, I remember we, we did have a conversation about this once before about um, the fact that, you know, she did know how to do, mem she did know how to modify memories. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm looking at the pages. Um, but, it, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to say anything because I because know we're gonna we go we're gonna get into like how the the magic elements of how this book is set up. J.K. Rowling does a really terrible job at it. But I just want to point out something here is that you know I know Deb is going to tell me that Hermione's not an ex Max Dukin uh ex machina, but it's just that Hermione end up being the problem solver for everything because here's my problem again with this situation. You and Harry decided I'm going to leave school. I'm not going back to school. Y'all don't get in down Mrs. Weasley's throat. I don't even know how she thought she could even protect y'all and she can't even hold up a, a proper wedding. You know what I mean? But she thinks, you know, y'all can sit there and hang out at the house and go back to school while Voldemort is looking for you. I'm like, what's she going to do at school? What are they going to do at school? Meanwhile, Dumbledore is dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? But whatever, Mrs. Weasley. But it's the fact that they're not prepared. They don't even have clothes because this is the thing that I do not understand. This is say, what would you, you really, your children are really acting like children. They are children. I understand that, but they, in many ways, it's Hermione. It's always the girl who ends up having to problem solve and fix these things. 
That's what we do as women. We're going to see another scene <laughs> like this later on when they're planning for the breaking into the ministry. And Ron says something flipping in. It's like, oh, my God. Like, oh, I forgot. And she's just like, bitch, do you know what the fuck you we're going to try to do? <laughs> you don't we don't try to break that. into the most dangerous place in the whole fucking magical community, and you think you can just absentmindedly just like, oh, I don't remember that shit. It's just like, it's that thing that really bugs me about this book, this book in particular, because in the past they've had to formulate plans on the whim, right? It's been mm-hmm. go as you go, but this time they have to do, they have to be completely different. This time they're not on the school. They don't have school to to you know I me mean, to stop them from planning stuff and whatever the case may be. I mean, they were far more effective in creating polyjuice potion than in doing this mess, which is happening here. And again, for the polyjuice potion, it was Hermione. It was she was the one who was doing the work. And this just drives me insane every single time, particularly at this moment when the danger is very rare, real. It's clear and present danger. Voldemort is not some figment of your imagination. You have met him. You've seen him. You literally just, you couldn't even, you, you barely got out of life from him two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, if so much. So you understand what I'm saying? And yeah. yet, in these moments, Harry and, well, Ron just annoys the shit out of me. But, but Harry, in this moment, they're just waiting to say, Hermione, <laughs> Hermione, we got a problem. <laughs> Hermione, Hermione. But I, the reason I say it's not, you know, it's it, because from the very beginning, that has been an element of these books is that Hermione is the problem solver. Now, a lot of times she's had to solve the problem on the run. But I think in, in this case, she's like, oh, you know, this is bigger than we've ever experienced before. I have to have a plan in place. And I, I think she has always done that, though. I don't think that's out of character for her. I think it is totally who she is. It's and I think about- it has been because, you know, they've relied on Ron to know, you know, to have the wizarding world culture because he has grown up in it. And there's some things like we often will say about, you know, when we talk about diversity and things like that, it's nothing like having grown up in a world. There's nothing like having had that almost be the nuance of um, like being in a family. And there are things that Ron brings to the table that they would, that Hermione couldn't have read about. And there was no way that Harry could have ever heard of. No, I, I'm not, I'm not disputing anything. I think we've talked about the, the essentialness and uh, uh, the, 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 perf- the perfection of, uh, I mean, like the, the symmetry of the Trinity, I guess, right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? How they all connect with each other, right? That, it's a very strategic and well-balanced um, grouping. But I think what annoys me is that in this moment, it's Hermione the only person who's thinking about the potential that at any moment, danger could pop around the corner. So they're at a wedding and they just relatively like safe and let their guard down. And this is the same Harry who turns around and watches Jane in the face be like, oh, you don't understand the danger that I'm about to be in, girl. I can't be with you. But yet, you're sitting down there, you have to run out of the wedding, and then you're like, oh, I got nothing, I got nothing, I got nothing with me. It's like, boo, you are not ready for this. <laughs> you are not ready for this at mm-hmm. all. It's like, because you're thinking, 
I think in many ways, I mean, Hermione, and, and this is what I talk about, the fact that why I say Hermione is ex deus machina, because I think in many ways we don't, it's because Hermione is the person we never see. There is very little that we know about Hermione beyond when she relates to them. Because when yeah. she tries to relate to them in many ways, they dismiss her. Like if she talks to something that is like independent of them, spew, get out of here, girl. We ain't got no time with that. Oh, Hermione, you don't know anything about Quidditch. Uh, nothing. But Hermione has saved them. Hermione is the reason why they're even alive, right? Yeah. And all the time, throughout the entire book series, yep. you're going to see that. But we, we, we don't know. I mean, do you know how terrible it is to, 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 which we don't even address, that they don't even really acknowledge the fact that Hermione basically sent her parents away. Like, erased her memory, erased, she basically killed herself in her parents' mind. Like, she literally took two people, wiped them out of the face of the earth, and sent them someplace else in Australia, just so she could run around with them. Well, also and to I keep don't them think safe. they understand. And the to same keep them way, safe. The, the same way yes. that the Dursleys were sent away, it was also to keep them safe. Right, but but I don't think they understood that, and that's how prepared she was for that situation, right? And how constantly, and she's the only one who's thinking about magic. Is our own in this world? There is nothing. I can't bring a gun. I can't go get a gun and deal with these people, right? Magic mm-hmm. is my only solution, and these people, Ron and Harry, does not take this seriously. They keep thinking somehow their brain is going to solve the problem, or they will come up with it. They would react to the situation, as they would say. Harry's a reactor, right? Because yeah. in order for, for the magic that Hermione display, you know, shrinking the bag, extending the bag within the bag, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Memory, charm, whatever the case may be. It's all complex magic. As she says it's complex magic. It might just be one word it's spelled like abracadabra. You know what I mean? But whatever it is. And she's doing all of these things and making all of these things happen. And they don't seem to understand this. I'm being like, oh my God, this is serious. We're gonna Harry's gonna go hunt whole crux. He decided he didn't want them to go with him. But guess why, Harry? You didn't have no idea. Hermione is the one giving us the lesson on whole cruxes, right? She's the one who said, This is how we can solve the problem if we do find them. Because we're going to have a problem about it. And it's just that kind of lack of... I don't know whether this is a plot device just to split the story, split the responsibility between the three characters. But to me, it, it's just... It's so annoying. It's like... Well, it, it, I think it, 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 I think it, it was a, a plot, a, a choice. I think it was a choice to, um, to have a theme about, you know, as no matter... Even if you're a hero, because technically Harry is the hero... Um, that you will be stronger with your friends. I mean, and that's a that's a major theme of these books, is that um, you can do, no matter what you have, even if you have magical ability, or even if you have, you know, these other things, you are nothing without your friends. And I think that's a major theme in the books. And I think it's, you know, it is a kid's book. And so it, it the idea that, um, how do you demonstrate that? You demonstrate that by having one of the the friends be the reason that the group is still alive, mm-hmm. and not just the he- because of the heroics, but because of her brain and because of her ability to plan. So yeah, I think that I think it's a deliberate choice. 
And I think just like what Ron brings to the table is his, he's the only one who has grown up in that world. So I do think it's a deliberate choice. I hate this choice, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I hate what I know. I mean, I, now, I understand now, what you're now, saying. Now, real, what what I do what I do thoroughly agree with you is lacking in this in the series. Is we should we don't know who her, we we don't see enough of Hermione outside of the trio. We don't see enough of Hermione as a person. Um, you know, we and we know that she's that she is interacting with other people. We know because she she's the one who comes back and tells them about other people. She knows who's going out with who. Who knows, she knows why? Like, who did she, she connect? Exactly. So she's, she's had relationships with people. She has relationships with, with professors. but And we don't see enough of that. We don't see enough of her interacting in that way. And you know, uh, guess guess who reads I, the news? That's lacking. That's lacking in the book. And it, it, it is Hermione who's reading the newspaper, who finds out. Inf- why I say this is, I don't doubt her importance to the group. I don't think that she's not not important. I think she's very important to the group. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but what bugs me is that it's the thing that happens within the group. It's just like, Harry doesn't care. Did this All of this pertains to you, Harry. That Voldemort isn't coming looking for Hermione. <laughs> Hermione is not his target, right? He could care less about Hermione. And no one really cares about Hermione. And we well, see this be, many and, times. And I think that's also a weakness of Voldemort's. Is that he is that he thinks that all I have to do is deal with Harry. And that's just not true. Yeah. Because well, Harry can wipe everybody else out. Well, he wants yeah, to get to he, Harry directly because of a very specific thing, right? He has a very specific reason. Right. But but Harry is but Harry is not unprotected. I don't mean just Lily's, you know, old magic. Oh, Harry, okay. Harry is surrounded by people who also have something to bring to the table. Oh, he but, doesn't see them as protection. I get you. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, That's Voldemort does right. not see. He, and he and he dismisses. He he's so quick to dismiss people. In a lot of ways, and and so he doesn't even stop to think, you know. Now he does. He does understand. He says that Harry's surrounded by more talented people when he's taunting him. Remember, right. when he taunts him, he's, he's surrounded by more talented people. So he knows that there are people who help him, but he doesn't really put the value on it. But then, on a challenge, right? The only challenge was Dumbledore. Right. Dumbledore right. was the was Dumbledore and the and the the protection. Those were yes. the two barriers he needed to overcome. Exactly. Get through the magical protection and get past Dumbledore. And he got rid of Dumbledore and through. So they leave the place, the wedding. They had to quickly disappear. And around is Harry being, you know, Harry, I want to go back. But you think they're going to look for Mrs. Weasley? They ain't looking for Mrs. Weasley. They're looking for you, boy. They're going to go back <laughs> there, check out. It's like, it's, like it's, it's the same thing in the flight, right? Where Hagrid had to remind him, like, boo. We're not going back. Like, my job is to get you to safety. And he's like, I want to, I'm just like, we have, we keep doing all of these things for your protection and you're ready to be like, whatever. And you're clearly incapable of taking care of yourself. You cannot do any of this alone. So they're in the. um, Remember, Hermione told him that he had that, he had that, you know, hero thing, you know, saving, he had that want to save everybody thing. And she told, you know, it's kind of like you got that savior um, kind of complex. complex. 
listen so, to me. No, when a friend is it. reading you fulfilled in that manner, you ain't hearing that. You're not hearing that. I, I, I tried to tell it to you in a gentle way, you know, but I mean? uh, that is a problem. Uh, she had to drag his ass in, in the next couple of chapters, right? She, she had to be like, look, you don't say nothing, okay? Y'all, will, this is how you all are. She had to really tell it to him. Yes. But, I mean, here again, J.K. Rowling, here is Ron running around with Harry Potter because we know that the Samayani is like... <laughs> As you point out, Janine is like, she don't know about magical, she don't know to do a memory charm. <laughs> and I'm like, girl. <laughs> like, you already did it. Yeah. That and was wrong. I think exactly. that, that was And what's even crazy is that she just, because she needed to, she showed she was able to 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 um perform a memory charm as complex as the one that Voldemort and Batty Crouch and Cornelius Fudge had done. Well, not Voldemort. Voldemort broke these memory charms. But it's that kind of... Well, no, Voldemort is capable of a memory charm because he just literally erases a memory from your mind, right? That she showed clearly that she was capable of doing that. Not only she had she erased a memory, she had gone further. She had convinced people that there was someone else, which is something that we didn't see anybody else as a magic had done, right? Everybody mm-hmm. else would perform the magic had just simply taken out Removed almost like a like a videotape footage of your memory. Like I'm gonna snip and snip and then join back together. She literally wrote over their whole code, their memory code, and make them into someone else. But you can't do this for two little people. And again, you know my problem with leaving magical people who are your enemies alive are functioning to do even more magic, evil magic. It's like you literally had uh, Yaxley and Raoul. I think it was. No, Raoul may have died. One of them there. And you sent them back to Voldemort with the fact that he had seen Harry Potter, Hermione Granger, and Ron Weasley together in a cafe. No, but they they did the memory charm. No, that was quickly broken. It didn't matter because remember, yes, because remember, um, what's his name? Ooh. Harry saw a vision where Malfoy was punishing them. They, oh, right, right. Malfoy was punishing them. So the, whatever yeah, that was, she did. The house, right. When they right. entered the house. So it was all gone. But, you know, I have to say that I was really excited by all of this because I thought, oh, action is coming so quickly, right? Like, we've had the seven potters. Oh, my God, and the then sky. it slows down for, and like, ten years. And then it slows years. down, like, ten like, like a turtle pace. I was just like, what? But, you know, so they get to the cafe and all of this happened. And, you know, like, Ron is like, you don't think they will notice that there was a bomb blow up in here. But they wouldn't notice that they were underground. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so He's really just like, I don't want to clean this shit up. I was just like, okay. And then, and, then, and then Ron being insufferable. What is this nasty grudge? I'm just like, bitch. If you don't shut the fuck up about how you don't like roughing it, I'm going to stick my foot up your throat through this box. Because I don't know what you expected. And I think Harry said it. We're going to stay in a five-star hotel? Is that what you wanted, boo? Like, you were, like, I don't... These are the things, but, but I get it. It's part of the plot device. It's part of the thing. But it's just, it just... And Janine is going to tell me, they're kids. But y'all sign up for this shit. 
Oh, real. Janina, they signed up for this thing willingly. But you teenagers sign up for stuff all the time. Okay. And then <laughs> that's true. To the highest heaven about every single aspect of it. True. So this is very adolescent behavior You're to right. say, oh, right. we're, going, we're going on an adventure. We're going to have a good time. What? I don't have three squares and a nice bed to lay down in? Yeah, oh, nobody man. nobody thought of that. I mean, even when they, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, but even when they get to the Ministry of Magic, they're like, we spent so much time planning on how to get in. We didn't really think about what happens how if did, shit goes wrong when we, get it, when we got to go. Watching, this is typical kid shit. Watching many forensic files, it's going to tell you that one thing. You plan the murder up to the murder, but you never plan what to do after the murder. So. <laughs> and then those little, little niggas, those little, you know, like nitty gritty things show up on the scene and then just change the trajectory. Um, yeah, so they they ran to Grimald Place, which I thought was really interesting. And I was actually happy that they went there because in my mind, I thought that's where you should go. I would say that as I was reading the book the first time. And we have a whole host of adventures, but I don't know if Janine is going to let us talk about what's happening at Grimald Place. <laughs> Can we talk about what's happening at Grimald Place, Janina? We can. We're only an hour in. Look at that. Okay. Here we go. So are you... Sh oh, yes. You're right. You're right. I, I keep confusing the actual countdown. <laughs> <laughs> when the actual call started as opposed to when we recall the call. <laughs> okay. So we're at Grandma Place. And I have to say, I enjoyed this part of the book, really. Um, because I thought it was a moment where they needed to, like, slow down. Because a lot had happened in the book so far. At least for them, mentally. And I thought it was it would have been a moment where they had to decide whether they wanted to go forward. Though I didn't know if they wanted to go back, where was back, right? And that was one of the things that circumstances had definitely led them to a point where you had to go forward. Whether you were you, at this point, whether you were willing or unwilling, you had no other choice, right? There was no way for you to go because there is no back, but there is no home to go with to. Hermione had destroyed her home. Ron home, his home was not safe because he was his best pal. There were blood traitors. And Harry is not safe anywhere. We know that. Mm -hmm. So they had to somewhat go forward. And I think Grimald Place offered that sort of like secret um, that they had. And I think it also answered a question that we had as to whether or not anyone can see Grimald Place, but it was unplottable. You can yeah. know where it was exactly, right. because of, but you couldn't, you couldn't see it unless you had been part of the thing and you couldn't just enter it as you would like. So there was um, the blacks had some magic that you know that even sometimes some things are impenetrable that you couldn't do. You know what I mean? Like you can't undo all magic. <laughs> you know. So um, this was pretty interesting. And they were in this place, and Harry found a very touching letter of his mother, which I thought was very interesting. He saw her handwriting. She made G's like he made his G's. I mean, those were moments and things that, you know, that I was like, okay, Harry, I feel for you at this moment. Because, you know, I generally... Only now, because no, I, really, generally I hate you. An asshole. But there are times when, <laughs> but, you know... But, 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 but that was really... That, you know, the other thing that this, this little part of the book is important for, and like you said, I mean, a lot has happened to them, and it does give them a moment, Harry, a moment to reflect on that. He start. That's where he. This is where he starts thinking about the fact that he didn't know about, 
Godric's Hollow and Dumbledore's connection to it. Um, he, it just really, it was so many things that he had to process. And I think he's feeling very much alone because he wakes up and he sees, obviously, Ron and Hermione have a connection. And, you know, he he feels very much alone. So mm-hmm. I think that's what causes him to act, ultimately wander. And that's how he finds the letter. And, you know, starts to think about um, just, just about how much he can find out about his family before... And how much this is going to help him as he's trying to, to to figure out the mission and to get you know and get someplace safe. Well, well, there is that you know you're right about that. But for me, the letter it was it's Harry actually have a tangible connection to his parents. He had none before, other than a scar, a crazy historical magical moment. But here was his parents acknowledging his actual existence, right? His mother writing this letter that Harry is here, he's on a toy broom, and he has something his parents had touched, his mother had touched, and he's talking, he's spoken about as though he's loved and wanted, which is yeah. something he's never had from a parent, <laughs> right? And right. I thought this was such a, uh, a brilliant stroke Written writing for the character and just for the character in and of itself as a Harry as a as a being in the book, you know what I mean? Like to have this is such a sweet moment because you you know, I don't know what it is like to lose a parent as a child and to be neglected in this manner in which he did because he's been severely abused. We just don't talk about that so often enough. But that I thought was such a, a thing. And, and also he had some understanding of how he can ride a broom because the one thing he's good at, he had no explanation for what, what it was, right? And right. here he was just like, look, you, you will practice then. Mm-hmm. And you were like a natural, basically. And, you know, like it gave him some sense of, of memory. It wasn't really a memory, but acknowledgement of the past. Yeah, and like, I thought that was really even, sweet. Even a happy moment. Like they had a cat, you know. They right. normal things like you know just a normal life when he has never had this experience of a normal life. And even I think it's even more heart wrenching that that whole thing was not too long after that was destroyed. But to know that he had a happy home, mm-hmm. and that was that I thought was really significant for him, and. Throughout, we see that Harry is having these memories of he's connecting to to um, Voldemort, and Hermione is being the boss. She's just like, "Oh, bitch! I told you, stop with this shit. Don't do this. You can't run <laughs> off and whatever the case may be, etc." <clears throat> They're all very protective of each other, though we see Ron and Hermione have the little thing going on. Mm-hmm. But we get to our A B, and we get the surprise and shock of our life. R.A.B. turns out to be none other than Regulus Black, Sirius's brother. Talk about connection and, you know, like mm-hmm. intertwining narrative and plots and whatever. I'm telling you, I want to see J.K. Rowling's storyboard because let me tell you something. I'm trying to write something myself and to get people and places all together, it's near impossible. But she probably have yep. one of those conspiracy board with the twine and the push pins and all those kind of things. It's probably like a madhouse. 
Or maybe she has like a computer crap. software that can just easily so they, develop this. On the exhibit, on the exhibit, they had her um, plot. Um, you know how the books were all plotted out, mm-hmm. and it was done almost like in a graph. And all the characters, like um, um, I don't, it's like a a, ch- a a chart rather than a graph, okay, more like okay. a chart for like each. A, like a um, no fam, mole fam. Yeah, family. yeah, yeah. <laughs> something very similar. And then she had she actually drew pictures of how oh. people were supposed to look. Oh. Oh, she did. Yeah, yeah. Did she that make to... it to the movie? <laughs> no, you know what's I mean, interesting I mean, because it made it to. I think I don't know that it necessarily, but it it did it did inform the original like those little thumbnails of uh, drawings of people in the books in the, in the early books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because I've I've often thought about the idea is to buy little tiny action figures. So that I can actually, if I'm developing a character, trying to write about a character, I can assign a character to a physical thing. And therefore, yeah. it may seem more real and tangible to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you can have this sort of interaction, particularly if you're trying to stage an interaction between two or more characters in a sort of a way, like a confrontation scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sort of interesting because, you know, I can't draw to save my life. I can barely get a stick figure together. So, I think uh-huh. I think it was why she she was able to have convert particularly um, with with Alan Rickman. Um, <clears throat> she did have conversations with people early on in the making of the movies about what was coming in the books that hadn't been published yet. So oh. she knew. So she knew um, basically. I mean, she of course there were some changes and edits and things like that, but so it was, she had it mapped out almost from the beginning. Okay pretty um cool um you know i have to say that the, the storyboarding and this you know movies were horrible but you know like in terms of the plot twists in these books have been excellent mm-hmm. though in many ways you know jk rowling put out a messy product but <laughs> we meet rab and we we realize that we've seen rab um we find out that we've seen the locket before and yep. we've all been in this house and you know like we missed an important plot device, but timelines didn't match up, right? That because we didn't know that we were supposed to care about the locket because we didn't know Hawkrooks existed, right? And we didn't well, know. Well, that. I, I think we, we see that a, that's a mate. That's a um, that's a stylistic choice that she does often, where we see things and we don't know we're supposed to give a darn about it. Like whether it's Sirius's motorbike in the very first book. Um, you know, where so many things that we don't even know we're supposed Elfius to care Doge. about. Them. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know we're Doge. supposed to care about those things right. until much Everything. later. They kind of walk across the stage in a way, and you know, we're we're distracted with some other thing that's happening in the story, and then we realize, oh, this was important. And um, so, yeah, that I think that, um, and especially the whole idea of you know when they were when they were cleaning. The house. It was almost like um, comic relief. Remember how they were they, they were being attacked by things, and um, you know they had to. Uh, Mrs. Weasley had to come up with all kinds of spells, try to get rid of different different um, creatures that were in there that were had you know taken up residence in those cabinets and things. But, but and it was almost funny. But, but now we see how very serious it was. 
And seeing that we were so particularly keen on magical artifacts, we still saw a magical artifact and still ignored them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That there was all of all of the magical artifacts that we've met throughout the books have been very interesting. But we saw a locket and, you know, just like whatever. But I, I think I remember saying that, you know, to me, the locket was sort of odd because jewelry was never something that we ever really saw before this time. Right. And I think from then we would see jewelry again in book six. And then we would, you know, jewelry became such a big a crown yeah. and all of that stuff. But a ring. Um, I mean, yeah, so it, it came, became to be more important then, later in the series. But... So we we meet, um, we realize that, you know, that we have to take interest in Regulus Black. And the person who was supposed to give us information is no longer here. It's Sirius Black, and he's dead. And so Harry in brings upon Creature, and Creature tells a tale. And which was rather interesting. And I just, I think I, I made some notes when I read that. And I said, you know, um, that, you know, Regulus died when he was 17, and a new boat was shocked by this revelation. And I said, well, the book says he's 17 because he joined the um, Death Eaters when he was 16. Because I thought, I, I think I remember thinking when everyone was just like, how would a 16-year-old boy join the Death Eaters? Everyone was just like, wow. And I'm just like, Voldemort had killed at 16. He had killed somebody before he was even legally able to perform magic. And... He and Regulus was able to join the Death Eaters the 16. Creature said that then a year later, we had them go into the lake. And that was uh, that was very horrific for me to see that, you know, that he had to go through this situation because I thought he was it was a wasted death in my mind. Um, that it, this death didn't have to occur, that he could have left the cave with, with, with Creature, but I guess not. But then... You saw another sad situation here because Creature was going through PTSD and survivor's guilt and all of this mess and madness. And we had totally dismissed Creature as being the product of his of the evil black family. But we should have known that, you know, that Dobby isn't like this, that, you know, you could suffer through these people, but not necessarily be like them. But, you know, that whole race of people, the, 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 the elves, are a complicated bunch because Winky, Dobby, and Creature all have three different stories and all three have lived in three different lives. And yeah. they're all three suffering because of this life. You know, which is, I, I don't think people focus on that, those three bits, but, you know, it, it's it's rather a, um, a, a complicated um, situation for these three men. I mean, we've seen elves at the school and they too have their own life, like you know. Oh, we don't want niceness. We don't want. <laughs> don't be kind to us, Miss. Get out of here. Don't don't try to tell us to join spew. Get out of here. Take the food and go. But you know, it's also intrigue. But you know, I'm I'm curious to hear what you ladies thought of. Um, well, you know, it's interesting. Tale. We talked about um, um, foreshadowing. Remember that Dumbledore, um, when he comes to pick up Harry in the sixth book. You know, he kind of he kind of call, has Harry call creature to prove that that Harry is now has inherited um, creature in a way, and so that's how Harry knows he can even call creature is because he had Dumbledore had made sure of that, and he had made sure that Harry would inherit was was eligible to inherit from Sirius because Sirius was his godfather. 
So now we see the full, um, we see the fulfillment of that because now Harry can call creature and command creature to do certain things. Well, yeah, and and that's and and it's so interesting that you know Harry rejected creature and creature is a pivotal <clears throat> part of the whole exactly. plot. Yes. That that we 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 listen. If we had catch creature outside, we were going to kick him to death. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. We were <laughs> going. I know. Was I was going to try to kick creature. You know, when when creature when they were in there in the with the order, creature was a nasty piece of work, and you know Harry was you know was was and uh, Sirius was like, I don't have any time for this, and um. But then remember, Dumbledore said, well, you know, maybe if Sirius had, you know, kind of treated him a little bit better, he wouldn't have turned on him like that. But, you know, I just think, I, but I don't think that was the case. I think uh, Creature's loyalty was totally to um, um, the, the blacks that were, you know, who believed. Dark blacks. In, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He totally, he totally was, was loyal to the black the part of the black family that believed in pure blood. Mm -hmm. He was, he had totally believed in that with them. So he was, I, he was going to turn a, <clears throat> he, he felt that that Sirius was had, had been a traitor to the family. Yeah. I did love this part of the book though. So much. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. You really do get to learn a lot. And yep. um you also have another instance of wizards underestimating the power of house elves. Yeah. You know, Dumbledore or not Dumbledore, Voldemort never in a million years thought the creature was getting off that island. Well, he didn't tell... care though. I mean, like, he didn't even think about it, but he didn't care. It, because cre he, because he creature didn't... couldn't hurt him one way or the other. No, no, right? no. I, he didn't care because he didn't think he would be able to leave. If he would have considered for a moment that creature could have left and told someone what actually went down there, he would have cared. He didn't give him any consideration. He never expected him to be able to leave and talk about what happened when he took him there. He never thought that that would happen. He what? expected him to die. I am certain of okay, that. Okay, I think that bit, I think you're right about that. But I, I think... I do think that in many ways that this is one of the things about Voldemort. I think he is right. He's one of those people that just think his genius is complete, right? His ideas are just whole. He never considers anything going wrong. Though something goes wrong every single time, right? Like every every one of his major plans <clears throat> is always. But a house elf has thwarted Voldemort. When, when it's all said and done multiple times and it's all because of his arrogance of yeah. thinking that they don't have magic different or better than his that's really what it comes down to it's not i don't about different but i think it's i don't think he no i don't think he even considers for one minute that a house elf can do something that he can't do right that I that, that 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 i think is the, the, the main part and of that's it, his but... downfall Multiple times. He only sees power in the sense that um, he sees power in 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 um in that big weighty way, right? It must yes. be bombastic. It must be it must be brilliant. It must be powerful it must in that be flashy. Sense. It must I mean, be flashy. It's why, he, it's why he rejected um, Lily's magic. Um, that why he didn't think much of that. 
because he, you know, he figured, oh, that's old magic. You know, he he definitely figured that he was the smartest one in the room, and unless the room included Dumbledore. But he wasn't so, willing to be. Uh, the other thing about Lily Magic that he didn't even consider, because he would never consider anyone willing to die for someone else. Right. Right. Because of love. Because of love. Because because right. that is the trick with Lily, right? It isn't that yeah. she was willing to sacrifice herself. Is that she sacrificed herself and invoked a powerful magic based on love for a child. Selfless, selfless love, uncomplicated. I am willing to sacrifice my life and protect, create a shield for a helpless baby. Because he only, because I think Dumbledore says it, right? He registers power weight, right? He doesn't consider children. He doesn't consider elves. He doesn't consider a baby, right? He killed the baby. Right thinking that the baby, he's going to remove a future threat. <clears throat> right? And that's how he right. operated, right? I'm going to kill this. Yeah. I don't have to deal with this shit later on. But, you know, Dumbledore, right. what Dumbledore said, he should have waited. At least Harry asked that question. Why didn't he wait? And he says, but you don't, this is not, this is not who he is. Yeah. He's not about that life at all. He's about I'm going to go in with the jugular and I'm going to, I'm going to go and get the jugular and fight and whatever. So, I thought this was really interesting um, set of dynamics, and I really thought, wow, these creatures, creature, had a story that, you know, that I can identify yeah. with, and I understood, and, you know, like, we, and no one had ever asked him. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show, no one ever cared. I, right, and I, and I found that his emotional connection to Regulus, um, and his, you know, everything about that whole part of the story was really kind of, um, for the first time, you see a creature, and we'll see it, we see it, at, well, somebody like um, Remus or, you know, someone, another type of creature that other than a wizard or um, that you really get to see their backstory. Mm-hmm. And you really get to see you know, how they interacted with the people that they cared about. And it's powerful. It is very powerful. And it's very poignant in a lot of ways. And you see, and and you also get to see um, another person, almost the same age as um, Draco, who realizes that they're in over their head when they go in with the Death Eaters. Right. Right, but you know, we see that echo. We see that echo with um with Draco. But you know, here is a situation where, and again, choices are being made, right? Because Regulus makes a choice. He makes several choices, right? Yeah. He he makes a yes. choice of volunteering creature because he knows something is up. He makes a choice of giving creature a very explicit thing to come back. You right. need to come back here. He give creature explicit to hide. Don't say anything. Figure out. And then he gives, you know, let us go in there and let's see what's happening and take this and leave and try to destroy this. So I thought this was a, this was a very, 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 um, I don't know. This is one of the, 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 the unexpected storylines that came yeah. up that I really enjoyed. I was like, oh, this was like, I, I love when J.K. Rowling just says your expectation or your consideration that you didn't even think about. Yeah. Bam. Punch yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Laid out on a golden platter. And yeah. I really enjoyed Hermione 
um, when Harry was just like, creature, I don't understand. Like, you know, um, hold on, let me get, because I love this part so much. When he was like, creature, I don't understand. Like, why would you even do this? You know, because um, you would go and do this for Voldemort and Voldemort did all of this. And creature is like, <laughs> I'm mean, just like, don't you get it? You yeah. don't get any of this. And this is the thing that I, I find that's interesting about Hermione. And it's, it's annoying. But it's just like, she understands what is happening in this situation. But they just don't get this. The boys are seeing just the power dynamic grab. But yeah. Hermione yeah. is seeing the implication. Because I think, oddly enough, she's the most vulnerable member of the community. She is the one that they pull first, right? The mudblood. No yeah. one cares about you. You are one. And, and mind you. She's the brains behind the operation, but she's the one that people regard the least. Despite the fact that in school, they know her name's up and down through the whole institution. It is she. She is the clever one. I she don't is... think they disregard her. I think they take her for granted. No, yes. no, 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 no. Well, well no, I, I, I mean in terms of like the, the magical forces at play. Because whenever they're outside of the school, little girl... Who do you think you are? Right? Rita Skeeter, Cornelia oh, Spudge. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there yeah, is, I, the, there I is just... When you said they disregard her, I thought you meant Harry and her and uh, Ron. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, they, they know the power that Hermione wields. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. So they don't want to say it. When shit goes down, when shit hits the fan, they're looking, they're looking to their left. Exactly. Hermione. Exactly. You got <laughs> like, this, Hermione? <laughs> Hermione, what are we going to do here? It's like, you know, and it's funny that they never pull out their wands. You know, <laughs> they literally have power in their hands too, but it's Hermione. But I think, um, I think when, um, when creature, oh, um, oh, he says, um, Harry, creature, those, oh, he says, I don't understand you, creature. He finally said, Voldemort tried to kill you. Regulus died trying to bring Voldemort down, but you were still happy to betray Sirius to Voldemort. Look, Harry carrying that grudge, right? You were happy to go to Narcissa and Bellatrix and pass information to Voldemort through them. Harry, creature, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't think like that, says Hermione, wiping her eyes on the back of her hand. He's a slave. How self are used to bad, even brutal treatment? What Voldemort did to creature wasn't that far off out of the common way. What do wizard wars mean to an elf-like creature? He's loyal to the people who are kind to him, and Mrs. Black must have been, and Regular certainly was. So he served them willingly and parroted their beliefs. I know what you're going to say, she went on as Harry began to protest, that Regulus changed his mind. But he doesn't even seem to have explained that to Creature, does he? And I think I know why. Creature and Regulus's family were all safe. Creature and Regulus's family were all safe if they kept to the old pure blood line. Regulus was trying to protect them all. Serious. Serious was horrible to Creature Harry. And that is it, and it's no good looking like that. You know it's true. Creature have been alone for a long time when Sirius came to live here, and he was probably starved for a bit of affection. I'm sure Miss Cece and Miss Bella were perfectly lovely to Creature when he turned up, so he did them a favor and told them everything they wanted to know. I've said all along that wizards would pay for how they treated herself, while Dumbledore, while Voldemort did, and so did Sirius. And um, you remember that Dumbledore had said to him, "Mayor, hours after that, I don't think Creature ever." 
I don't think Sirius ever saw a creature as a being with feelings as acute as a human. And I think when we're finished with this series in the year 2022, because we're still going to be under quarantine, <laughs> we have to go back on some of the very interesting philosoph- philosophical things. <clears throat> Dumbledore says, because I, I think they were investigated because I think they play directly out of this book that they apply. They can apply to regular life just the same. Um, in many ways, you know, that I often quote Dumbledore in my mind. I do think about this all the time, that how people treat other people, particularly in race relationship, you know, race relation, that is oftentimes they don't even see the person as human. They see the yeah. person as human, but they don't think the person has feelings as complex and complicated as a human being. So it's just yeah. like, oh, they just treat him as if he's an object, like a toy. Um, right. And I think this was such a poignant moment within the book and the series it, she puts these moments in and then it's forgotten. Like it, it, it doesn't carry through in many ways um, because it's going to come up again, right? Because we're going to see Voldemort and the wizarding community mistreating quote-unquote magical creatures again yeah. <laughs> later on, not too long after yeah. this series. So this is one of my favorite moments in the book, actually, I have to say. Um, I really did enjoy the whole thing. And when... Um, throughout the whole mess, creatures just like, oh my god, the mudblood touched me. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when she's trying to and show she's, sympathy. And she's, she's the only she's the only one who has real sympathy for exactly, him. Exactly, because they're mm-hmm. all looking at him like this ugly, pitiful thing. And the one person, and they're on equal level in the magical community, mind you, right? Particularly this current administration, right? <laughs> Where they right. try to kill all mudbloods. And in fact, House elves are higher than mudblood because no one's hunting down house elves. They're hunting down mudbloods. Right. House elves still have some usefulness. Exactly. The one person who shows him some sympathy creatures is like, oh my God. Like, oh. He's like, don't take it that far. Don't even think about touching me. Don't even, bitch. Okay, I'm having a moment here. This isn't your time Mm -hmm. to shine. That's right. I have standards, okay? Okay, I got standards. <laughs> oh my god, this scene was funny and and crazy and heartbreaking and but you know what was crazy is that this man has this 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 creature has been taking this burden for years and said nothing. Yeah, I would and because of the he was forbidden to say something. Only a master could forbid him, could make him open his mouth. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and it's funny, apparently, um, it seems as though house elves are, well, I guess, will to the family somewhat. They obey, they, they serve the family, but it's it's given to someone within the family, I guess. Someone in the family has the direct ownership, I think, if that makes some sense. Well, I, um, I think I get the impression that um, it could be a couple of different ways. That it could be, a, you could be assigned to someone or you could be assigned to the family in general. I got the feeling that Dobby was just serving the Malfoys. The Malfoys, yeah. But um, but in this, but I think Winky was was she was serving um, Barty Crouch Jr. And, but and right, right. But but I think Wink um, Darby was directly connected to Lucius because Lucius gave him the freedom, right? Inadvertently. Well, but I think because Lucius brought him with him. But I think he was basically ser- because he was serving the Malfoys. Um, I, I think he was more than just serving Lucius. No, I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, like, of course he would have to serve members of the family, but he's right, directly right. owned by someone else. 
by a member of the family, by one specific member of the family. Because I think about this because with Winky, because um, Batty Crouch Jr. never gave Winky freedom so that he can release him, right? This right. can only have been done by Batty Crouch Sr. Right. If you get what right. I'm saying. So that's yeah. where, so that's why I think it's like a, a person. I think Regulus, when Sirius disconnected from the family, it passed to Regulus in a sort of an odd way, being the next in line. Regulus die, creature is there by himself. You know, that the man, it, it's because remember that house passes to male heirs. Right. So there was some issue, the house and creature is part of the house. So I think it was Malfoy yeah, Manor. Constantly, he's constantly referring to his mistress. You know, because the, the mis that is what his mistress would think of all of this. Right, I, I think she was like. He doesn't talk about what what Regulus would have thought. He talks about what his mistress would have thought about you know blood traders in the house and stuff like that. Because she, I think, because she was the only one left. Right, the father had died. There only was two boys. There were only two boys. Mm -hmm. Because Regulus had died, so she was the only one. It's it's when she died he went crazy. Right. Right. That's when the real because he was there by himself and then Sirius turned up being free. You know what I mean? Though apparently magic in it's very for the wizarding magic is very physical. I mean, wizarding imprisonment is a physical thing. You know what I mean? There isn't like <laughs> no, we have seen magical bonds, right? Like like straight up chains with Winky and um Body Crouch Jr. That wizard in prison didn't have magical bonds that bind them to the building, right? <laughs> but that's a whole other thing we could discuss later on. But um, this is a lovely place to end. Um, I think it, it's from here it gets a little adventure and then it gets very whining, little adventure and whatever the case is. <laughs> but um, I, think, I think much in the middle somewhat, I, I could say we can go very fast, but Janina won't tell me no, we cannot. We're not but, going fast anywhere. Because yeah, we always stop and no, we, bring up we're meandering. I, I exactly. think we're me meandering regardless. And I love it. <laughs> yes, yeah. we, we do have, I have to say, I mean, I have to pat ourselves on the shoulder. I mean, I, we had a, you know, like the Federer of Literary Podcast. Um, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I do think we do an excellent job. We really do. It's, I, do I do enjoy our discussion, you know. We're amazing. As we all. are. We, we all let a bag of chips. So, um, <laughs> creatures. So we should be back next week when you know creatures making onion soup and all. You see, creature, creature just needed somebody all to have a sudden, his bird. Yeah, guys. he just needed somebody to show him some appreciation and some love. And all of a sudden, you know. this mofo can cook, clean, tells you to wash your hands, exactly. and take your damn shoes off when you come in. <laughs> family to take care of yeah it, it, uh, isn't that really sad though and this is the one yeah. i mean she's so on the nose about slavery and some ways i was like girl this is so foul because creature what's about creature quit his job at um at, at hogwarts and no one no one missed a beat right like where is creature Right? Creature, he's work. <laughs> oh, that's right. He was sent to Hogwarts to work. He just took off. He's like, I'm going home, fool. <laughs> well, you know, and plus Dumbledore was the only one really kind of taking, making sure that they were being treated properly. Right. And he was paying them wages and whatnot. So he's but gone. But didn't want it, actually. They were technically free, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, and Dobby was just like, oh, I didn't want to. And, and Dobby quit his job, too. We're going to later find out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody left. House elves are I rebels. Mean, that, that just said the new administration is so horrible that, you know, that even house elves could stick around. <laughs> it's That's mess. right. We're not hanging in here for this. But so we, uh, um, I think we are back up to uh, chapter five now, Janina. I'm we're, not sure. No, we're not chapter five. We're at chapter, uh, chapter ten. We'll, we finished chapter ten. We'll be at chapter eleven. Right. Oh right. wow, we made some real progress today. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> chapter ten. But I did it. I, I, I was. I'm happy we got to this part because this is one of my favorite parts in the book. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I'm just, looking I, forward to the next. I'm looking forward to chapter eleven. Oh, I do like when they're in the Ministry of Magic. I would have to say that. No, no. Chapter eleven is uh, is is when Lupin tries to join the group. Oh, when Lupin comes. Yes, this is yeah. good stuff. You know, okay. Looking forward to that. Deb, 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 you know that's a touchy subject for me, Deb. You see what you're going to gonna mess with I... my happy mood, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I almost I almost completely erased that from my mind. I was ready to go. Let's plan. Let's let's get into the planning committee for the breaking of the these these. Let me just say, the shit. The, these children, okay. By the end of this book, these little buggers have broken to three of the most sacred places. Yes, and they it's have. Listen to me. I'm just saying. Anybody in the magical community tell me shit. I ain't believing y'all. I don't want to hear what's the most safest, what's the most powerful, what's the strongest. I ain't believing shit. I'm gonna read the reviews because the reviews <laughs> is gonna tell me the true tales, right? Bring God mm-hmm. to the safest place in what y'all had a breaking at the first day of school. Okay, that should happen the first book. Yeah. Okay. Ministry of Magic. Well, we know people been up and done through that in book five. People basically living it. They're having night shift that is not on anybody's HR schedule, right? Like you literally a snake rolling up in there. <laughs> Nobody. You know, knows. one of my one of the favorite one of the favorite things in a JK in, in this series is misdirection. So we will we will talk more about the misdirection. Ah, I see. Um, you know, we, we, we're, t- we're led to believe these places are safe, and then we watch them be penetrated. Yeah, so. it's true. We do take a lot of things for granted. And I think it's because we're reading it in third-person narrative that we mm-hmm. keep thinking that reported speech, because it isn't the narrator that is telling us this, right? It's the that's narrator right. reporting that someone is saying this. And we just yeah. say, oh, well, that's gospel. <laughs> and it's just like, right. no, right. no. Just wait and see. Where is your evidence for this, sir? And then it's like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's not so strong. So, folks, thank you for listening. Don't forget we're on all the platforms. We're in Podbean. We're in Spotify. We are probably on Mars right about now. I'm sure the the (laughs) illness are listening to us. And we we might be on YouTube. I'm not sure. But, you know, we are still on your (laughs) iTunes for sure. So thank you very much for listening. And ladies, it's always an excellent discussion. We are just absolutely the best at what we do. So without much, without further ado, let's just all say together. One, two, three. Mischief managed. We really should start off by...